Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're listening to FP Interviews. In-depth conversations with interesting people. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Well, another Tuesday means another interview episode on Footy Prime. We don't take any days off, you know. Sometimes we miss people. I mean, Charmin takes a day off, but he's got other things to do. Sometimes people are in the middle of coaching. Sometimes people are at a cottage vacation and they're literally doing a show from under a blanket that's how serious we take things here on footy prime i'm brennan dunlop happy to be joined by jimmy brennan and craig forrest who always turn up you guys lead the league in attendance i think yeah jimmy's nothing else to do yeah jimmy's jimmy's had some some reasons to be pulled away but uh no no life we got no life just have nothing to do except talk shite (laughs) <laughs> well, we do that with ease, don't we? And we certainly lead the league in laughs. How about that? <laughs> but this Tuesday show is special, and the reason for this is we, we talk with interesting people. That's the whole point of this interview series. So very happy to bring back a voice that you know, certainly a face that you know if you watch soccer in this country, and if you are a Man City fan, uh, in Toronto especially, a face that you idolize. Terry Dunfield yeah, right. <laughs> back on Footy Prime. What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, I've been... followed Jimmy and Stacks like that. Hold, hold hold on a minute. Hold oh, here we go. Here we I'm, go. I'm confused because I was told that we had Pep coming on. And you guys throw Dunfield on? <laughs> no, it said, we're we're going to talk about Pep. No. no, you no, it was it's the same mistake. I said, yeah, Dunlop's on. Dunlop's always on. You just confused the two of us. And Terry, cheers, remember that? Cheers, mate. Terry, remember that charity tournament, buddy, when we were in the change room? And Jimmy goes and he names the whole eleven, right? And all these all these old ex players are there, and Tony Fonseca's there, Jamie Peters, a bunch of guys, and he puts me in the middle of the park. And you looked at me, you went, "Oh, good on you." And then we get out there, and Jimmy looks around and goes, "Dunlop, the fuck are you doing? I'm in Dunfield." And, and you went, "Yeah, sorry, I thought so too, but I didn't want to take it away from you." Class, that was a great day. <laughs> that was a great day. I hope we Jimmy get a few more a of those, man. Maybe maybe we'll do that again this summer. We should, buddy. Please, please yeah. pick a weekend where I'm in town and not uh, not on a Tuesday when I'm three hours away under a blanket right now as I do this interview. Yeah, we'll do it. How's your team event. looking this year, Terry? Jax, what's going on, man? Good young lads. Greg, how you doing, brother? Hey, 
What's that? I'm doing great. Thanks, buddy. I'm doing great. How's your team nice. looking? You got some good young players coming through? They're all with the first team now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, aren't oh. they? That's good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. The Dunfield team got bigger. I just uh, became a dad like you guys. So. Oh, congratulations, man. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. amazing. So I now we'll know see. what it's like to walk around like a zombie. We'll see you in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'll book a round of golf. Uh, it does look like you're actually out on the golf course. This is pretty special, buddy, that uh, you've joined us in the middle of training here to make some, make some time and tell some old stories. Uh, I'm glad that you're doing well. Uh, but for those that don't know, uh, including perhaps myself, it's TFC2 now you're involved with in the coaching staff? Uh, no, it's just helping out in the academy still. Um, TFC2 are training right now. Uh, they're doing they're doing well. Johnny Cimini leads that group. And, uh, yeah, they've settled into a new league uh, really well. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, let's talk about your old club, your uh, your first club in England, who <laughs> had quite the weekend. Uh, where were you on Sunday, and how did you take in that rollercoaster of emotions? I was uh, racing back from an academy game, so I only caught the second half. Um, That's all you needed, really. <laughs> yeah, but I remember looking at my phone, and they were 1-0 down. Uh, and I think Liverpool at the time were, were drawing and, uh, I was keeping an eye on Leeds. I've got a soft spot for Jesse Marsh. So I was racing home to, to see how it played out. Yeah. These boys do as well. When we talk about it, is it just in seeing North American coaches, you know, get more of an opportunity or is that someone you've played against? Is there a personal relationship there with Jesse? Uh, I think, I'm, uh, not really. Uh, I think I've been sucked in by all his webinars and learning German and uh, yeah. like his growth mindset. And I'm ready to run through a wall for him. I don't even play for him. Uh, so there's there's something there. And then a little bit of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see the North Americans uh, fly the flag. Nice. Flags, um, whatever. I know that you'd, you'd run through a wall for any Man City manager. Um, but do you think that you may mistakenly headbutt Noel Gallagher? Because I don't know if you saw uh, that. Ruben Diaz's father uh, in celebration mistakenly headbutted Noel Gallagher and said, Over the hospital. Are you serious? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, it's uh, these pitch invasions and it's just gnarly right now, isn't it? It's not great. But uh, it was funny when I was kind of hanging around the first team back way back in the day almost like 20 years ago it was normal you just see Noel Gallagher or Liam Gallagher in the players lounge after games and he didn't even think twice it was uh yeah pretty cool thinking back and Oasis um coming out as part of our like walkout before games it's uh it's funny some of the stuff that you I guess never really thought about I don't want to say take for granted but it's uh pretty cool thinking back they're part it's of the not fabric like they of the just club, jumped right? on the bandwagon either, is it, Terry? They've been fans <laughs> no, no. forever. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 funny the the high. I guess as you guys know that there's no in between the highs, the lows, the, the journey of Man City in itself. Craig, I'm sure you can talk about West. I mean, even Jimmy Forrest now. It's uh, it makes the highs all that much more special and Craig I sort of go off topic here uh Dunny but please I brother what we do <laughs> nice uh I remember watching you after the Canada win down on the pitch 
Uh, what a legend. And I saw you just kind of tear up and break up. And I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? This guy's a legend. Why is he crying? And uh, anyway, um, the next day I'm at training and I just see like John Herdman in the tunnel and I couldn't explain. It. I just started crying and it's, it's professional sports. It's just like the highs and the lows and the roller coaster. It's just sometimes just hard to explain, but uh, this game is, is, is amazing. It really is. Isn't it Terry? I mean, I'm Still just looking, it. It, I, you can't explain it. I mean, I'm watching Wrexham for instance, yesterday <laughs> play against Bromley in 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 the champion this is a trophy the fa trophy that is the non-league mostly semi uh semi uh professional teams so it's like league five six seven and eight and there's forty eight thousand people going crazy at wembley yeah. you know you you got the superstars there that didn't really appear as though they knew the offside rule but you know they've done a terrific job um there as well at Wrexham but this just the 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 fandom is just incredible and the support we saw in the Champions League the Europa League with Eintracht going down to you know Barcelona and filling that stadium up and West Ham and on and on it goes you know so at all levels it's just this connection to football that's just at a different level that we just don't normally see. And I can see why, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that moment, Terry, was interesting because I think there was a part of me that you're down on the field, you got this, you, you're almost back in your office a little bit. You can you know, the grass and the, the excitement, the atmosphere you could cut with a knife. Uh, you almost felt like you're momentarily part of this amazing journey. Yeah. No, you, I think you, you guys are, you guys are spot on. And I think a lot of people don't realize the emotions that go through uh, the players and just how long a season is um, and the grind that you go through and the highs and the lows. And, and when you get to that, the end of the season, and if you do get promoted or you win a championship, it's, it's a relief because all that hard work that you've put through that season with your teammates and, and what it means to the fans. And it's just a release. And I think that's why everybody breaks down. And I think with, mm-hmm. with the national team program as well, the journey that we've all been on with, with the Canadian team um, over the years and, and just the grind that it's been and to, to see where that team is today and the success that they had and that they're going to World Cup. Um, you know, we, we've all played a role to, to help that program get where it is today. Um, mm-hmm. And success is shared. Everybody's got to play a role to to help uh, achieve goals, and uh, it was it was an emotional moment, that's for sure. When they when they qualify for that World Cup, no, it really was. Um, Terry, um, talking about, I, I want to ask about uh, your experiences at Man City, but just on this team quickly. Um, you say you only caught the second half. You were astonished to see, you know, they uh, they got the one late. Um, but did you ha- were you surprised at all that they they found three in five minutes? Because I mean. Typical Villa is how I felt in that situation. But also, City are just a magical team, and, and that's what they do. So, of course, it would be dramatic. Of course, it would echo and spark comparisons to 10 years ago, which everyone's been talking about Aguero all month. So, uh, to me, it just seemed like, of course, it would mimic that, mirror that. Yeah. Sorry, man. Um, I guess my first thought is just like Kevin De Bruyne is so good. Um, and, and, uh, he's the best player in the world right now. And, uh, we're lucky to have him, um, the Gunduan sub, that was obviously a good one. Um, and to be honest, I, 
I don't know. I took my tactical hat off for a second and was just caught up in the magic of it and uh, just enjoyed every minute of it kind of playing out like it did. And um, yeah, it was super cool. <laughs> and then Liverpool score when we're up. They think they're winning. It was just an amazing last day. Yeah. And uh, and then you're now checking leads uh, and what they're doing. And uh, mm-hmm. man, the, the Premier League is so good. Yeah, I think yeah, that's why was... that, that's why we all love it, don't we? The Premier League is just it's you just you never know what's going to happen in a pre- Premier League match. And especially second half and you start getting those dying moments, you you just feel that something's <laughs> going to happen. Mm-hmm. And to see them score three goals in in 5 6 minutes was <laughs> it was unbelievable. Unbe- and I'm not even a Man City fan and I'm standing <laughs> up going I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Seriously. It was almost the Aguero moment. Almost the same. It was uh, it was yeah. pretty pretty special. Even Peter Drury's balls were similar. Stacks, what are you doing if you're in net for West uh, Villa at that point? How do you how do you regroup your team? <laughs> <laughs> you just start to enjoy the say? moment and say, "Hey, this is this is quite amazing." You know, <laughs> this, is, this is what it's like when you win the league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you start celebrating. Yeah. Uh, Robin yeah, also yeah. wasn't expecting what? to be involved in that, but yeah. no, and get your ass off the pitch as soon as possible before the crowd comes out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, got, I, I could see you in, in net with your running shoes beside the post, <laughs> putting them on, ready to run. <laughs> be a smart play oh, these days, Jesus. I'd overlap you, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. the last few minutes there's big forest overlapping uh, <laughs> the game's not over yeah, I'm getting off <laughs> uh, Terry uh, Man City uh, is pretty- a club a bit different uh, they've changed a little bit you know uh, it's a little little, just a bit more money since since you arrived there in 1999 am I right? yeah uh, yeah I was there yeah I guess late 90s um, from under 15s, uh, yeah, right up to the top. It was almost six years. So I'd love to hear some of those stories, buddy. And in general, <laughs> you know, you and you and Jimmy both have um, stories that I know a lot of young players are super curious about because the the pathway, while it's it's changed a little bit for players, there's still you know a, a lot of players kind of ho- hoping to to get over the same way that you did. So how did it come about, Man City? And uh, as you say, yeah, you had you know six six years of developing into professional there. Yeah, um, I think, I guess the fullback story is, guys, and and I think my, I guess, pathway will be a little bit different to Jimmy's and Craig's, and without really knowing the nuances of theirs, um, it, it was just such an incredible journey looking back, but when you're kind of living it day to day, it's normal, um, and, and you're just lucky to play soccer or play football every day. Um, Danny, I knew when I was five that I wanted to be a professional footballer, uh, which is a little bit strange growing up in Vancouver. Um, but I was hooked. I w- remember watching a game on Soccer Saturday back in the day on TSN with my dad. And I remember Norwich were playing. I remember the yellow. And just like how excited it made dad and how cool it would be to be out there playing in a stadium. Uh, like Carroll Road, I guess. Um, so I, w- I was hooked. And uh, every day, I'm now 40, I just want to be involved in football. Um, but there was no CPL. There was no MLS academies. 
Um, if you wanted to be a pro, all roads led to Europe. And I had a couple of cool experiences in Prague and one at Porto. And uh, I was I fundraised with the team to go over to a tournament when I was 14 in Stoke. It was called the Kiel Classic. And we thought we were going to win it. We had this all-star team from Vancouver. We finished 11th out of 17. <laughs> it was kind of depressing. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> At the end of it, a couple teams uh, said, hey, Terry, why don't you stay a little bit longer? Crew Alexander was one. Uh, uh, they had a pretty good academy at the team, Liverpool and Man City. And the first place I went to was Manchester City. And it meant I got to miss school for uh, two weeks. Uh, mm. And I didn't come home for 13 years. So, yeah, it was, uh, was a pretty cool journey. And coming home was coming home to play for the Vancouver Whitecaps. So it was, was super privileged. So Man City at that time, Terry, I mean, you, you, you got in with the first team. Um, that's your, you know, your first professional debut with them. You, pl- you've, you played in the Premier League. Um, just t- talk a little bit about what the, what the club was like then. And obviously we know how passionate that fan base supporters group. And you can see them, you know, especially the older fans really enjoying where they are now as a club. Yeah, I guess uh, a little bit like my Norwich story. My first taste of uh, a game at Main Road was the Manchester Derby. Um, and it was incredible. And again, said to myself, wow, I want to be out there one day and play in front of that Kipex stand. I know Jimmy and Craig know what that's like. Um, so there was that carrot um, to, to continue to push for that. Uh, it was pretty normal over there. I would go to school, um, train in the evenings, play on the weekend. Worked my way up uh, from the 15s to the 16s, the youth team, the reserves. Everything was pretty straightforward. Um, and then when I was 18, 19, at the end of the year, uh, had the opportunity to play against Chelsea. Um, I'll never forget it. The guy, Jim, Jeff Whitley. Guys, I don't know if you know that name. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. know Jeff and Jim really well. <laughs> yeah, pretty quiet guy. <laughs> yeah. Jeff is nuts. Yeah, yeah. He was my mentor, so that was good. Oh, no. <laughs> that, expl- that explains a few things. Oh, no. <laughs> Him and Michael Brown. Um, so, oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, after six years, I get the, get the call up, or five or six years, and it was normal. I was ready for it. Jeff Whitley goes down after, like, 15 minutes. Joe Royal looks over at the bench, and Kevin Horlock, I don't know if you guys know that name. Yeah, yeah of he course. He kind of, like, ducks and like i don't really want to go on right now is the last game of the year and i've got this big smile and joe royal says dunfield go warm up i'm like oh fuck here we go uh run down uh run back and he's like you're going on jeff's like thigh was wide open and i remember joe royal said to me whatever you do don't look at the kipak stand when you go on and this chelsea team was pretty stacked it was like zola and labeouf and john terry and dennis wise um, they were chasing Champions League. I think they had to win on the day. So anyway, mm-hmm. the first thing I do is look up at the Kipex stand and absolutely shit myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was bad. Like 20,000 people looking at you. And I was like, oh, yeah. man. Um, so I go over to take a throw in. And Richard Edgehill, he's, he was our captain at the time. He's taking the throw. He's so grumpy. Uh, throws the ball to me. They dropped right off. All I had to do was pass it back to him. My leg went like wood. I put it into like the fifth row. <laughs> and get on this. Our club captain goes to me, Dunfield, you're having a fucking nightmare. I'm like, what? I'm like 18. He's like, get your shit together. So, uh, anyway. You don't want to be subbed off either. 
No, it was my debut. A sub sub. So I, I had to quickly regroup. Uh, the game went fine. Uh, the season ended way too quick for me. Um, but what a what a great experience. We had the under twenty World Cup shortly after down in Argentina. Kevin Keegan soon took over. Um, signed a new deal, which probably wasn't the best thing. Um, but uh, yeah, was now a first team player and. Um, looking back, it's it's pretty cool. Did you find at the time, Terry, did the the you know the room give you a bit of a hard time just because you were a young guy, and or how much of it you know? Oh, here's this Canadian guy. The, the, there's an extra kind of bit to prove yourself. How much of that was affected? Uh, no, there's no stigma of, of being Canadian. I don't know what it was like for you guys, but uh, I'd been there that long. I had an English accent. Now I had a crappy English haircut. Um, like I was full blown mank. Um, I'd adapted, I guess, to my, uh, to the environment. Um, and I guess being part of the youth team, you're in and around the changing room, they're throwing balls at you and probably leave it there, but it's, you're just one of the guys now. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a cool change room to be part of. Yeah, that's very true, Terry, isn't it? Once you're there for so, so long, I remember even in 92, I would, I was already in the UK for eight years and they were like, oh yeah, you're one of the foreigners that started the Premier League. I was, oh yeah, I guess I was, but I didn't really consider myself foreign at that point. I felt pretty comfortable and been there for nearly a decade already, but you're right. It doesn't really matter at that stage. Maybe getting in, I mean, the perception is trying to get trials and get, you know, you know, heads in the door, really. Uh, but we all did sort of the same thing. And a lot of these team, uh, this national team as well, has done the same, where they've headed over to Europe at a young age, even younger uh, some than us even, you know. So it's uh, it's still a pathway and uh, a difficult one for Canadians, but getting a little bit easier, we hope. Winning titles and competing a little bit easier for Man City too now. Uh, money's had a lot to do with that over the years. Uh, but Terry, I know you've made a few trips in recent years and you're involved in Toronto FC's academy, obviously, and coaching is your is your foray now. And uh, just what, what's it been like to go to Manchester City and see what they've built there and see, you know, their evolution as a football club on all sides of things? Um, it's funny, you still see some of the old faces. Uh, it's cool how they brought back some of the alumni guys, the Paul Dickoffs and crazy Andy Morrison and... Um, I think that's important where the, the history is recognized of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd say there's still, um, yeah, the heart and soul of the club's there. It's, it's a little bit deeper down. On the outside, walking into the training ground, it's like walking into Canary Wharf. It's crazy. Everyone's walking around with iPads, and it doesn't smell like a change, uh, training ground. Um, but it's, uh yeah, it's, it's it's a football factory where it's um, the, the academy mirrors the first team side. There's a business center. There's a, there's a real plan for everybody, players and staff at the club. Um, and, and everyone's really getting the best of the best. Jimmy, what does a change room smell like? Just a Lucasade and uh, anxiety and uh, leather? Like what? Wet. <laughs> Dirty sweat. <laughs> the boots stink. The shin pads stink. The whole place reeks. It's not somewhere you, you want to hang out. <laughs> no, no. But I do like the way Terry described that. It's like, you know, it's certainly it's uh, it's evolved. We can all see that from the outside. And uh, But to, to be an alumni and go back there and exactly. see see where that club has gone, that's got to yeah, be yeah. Uh, something but, but you can, can time. 
but keep in mind too, I think with the, the stadiums today, right They're you know, they're, they're more modern, they're spacious, the dressing rooms. I mean, back then too, even at, for instance, main road, you know, the dressing rooms were small, it was compact, they're old, you know, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. smell of must. And, you know, so it was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty cool back in, back in the old stadiums. And even when you're playing, you know, in FA cup games and you're playing those lower league teams, just the smell of the ground and, and everything about it. It's amazing. I remember we were playing, I think it was, was it Rotherham in a cup match? I was at Norwich and, uh, the change room, you had to walk by the hot dog stand where they're selling sausages and burgers. <laughs> so there's, there's guys having like a burger and a cup of tea and you're walking by them trying to get to the pitch and they're hammering you. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, those are those are memories that you ne- you never forget about where the game's evolved and changed so much now with the stadiums. You, you don't get that anymore. Um, and it's it's missed. I think it's it's such an important part of the game, but uh, I understand where the game's going. A lot of money's being spent now on on infrastructure and these new modern stadiums. And uh, I think that's one part of the of football that you, we, we do tend to miss as footballers is just uh, those, those old iconic stadiums like a main road. Uh, speaking of main road, Jimmy, uh, Terry, you could tell us a little bit more, but um, I played at main road a lot. What, what are the differences? Because that stadium was built for the Commonwealth games. I mean, it, it originally had a track uh, around it. Um, how is the atmosphere? It's obviously closer than, uh, Olympic Stadium where West Ham are playing. Um, but is there a, a similar atmosphere as it used to be at Main Road? Uh, I, I'd say there's idiosyncrasies to both. Um, what was cool about Main Road is it was right in the heart of the city. It was right in Moss Side. And there was all these little alleyways that would lead up to the stadium and uh, the chippy outs. That, like, there's so much history and tradition around it. And uh, I I spoke about the big Kipex stand, uh, this huge stand that you kind of walk out and look at. Um, the fans are right on top of you. There's the tough supporter section behind the goal. There's a family stand, which isn't so family, behind the other goal. Um, there's the chairman's box, which is kind of like right where Francis Lee used to sit, which is right amongst the supporters, which is cool. Uh, and then underneath, I don't know, I didn't get into Eddie had's changing room, but like there's a huge bath, which everyone would jump in yeah. gross that I had to use to have to clean. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the like, old apprentice jobs. Yeah. 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 There was this little school at main road where you'd actually do the warm up um, before games. So then the, you wouldn't, the city wouldn't warm up on the pitch. They'd warm up in this little school because the atmosphere was that good. They'd then walk out to Wonderwall. And then the atmosphere at Main Road would just hate you. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I'd say the games I've seen at the Etihad now, I think the fans are starting to link up. There's a chemistry there. There's starting to be a supporter section. Um, it's cool now. They've built kind of behind the goal, so it's now up at 70,000 rather than 50. Um, it, it, it just feels like a cathedral. It, it's yeah. really um, I love how the training ground is connected to Eddie Had too. So if you're a young player, you can kind of see off in the distance um, Eddie Had, and there's a huge campus there. It's uh, it's cool, and you can you can just kind of feel like Manchester's the heartbeat of the city group, where where it's it's just like it's a worldwide club and clubs. It's uh, it's so big right now, and 
I, I think we're, uh, yeah, it's just fun to watch games now. It's yeah. just, you know, sorry to jump in, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, I just said, yeah. I was listening to you. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is your show today, buddy. That's your interview. Yeah. <laughs> no. no but I'll tell you one thing, though. Then uh, he's read. I remember I played played at Main Road, and I was lucky because I got to play in both stadiums. And I remember the first time playing at the the Etihad, and walking out and just seeing how big this stadium was, and it was amazing. It was something special. And obviously, you know, it was the early days as well, so that atmosphere wasn't the same as what it was at Main Road. Uh, yeah. Main Road was was off the chart. Um, but now to see where that stadium is and the fans, and I guess obviously they've they've made it home and they've put their stamp on it now, and the atmosphere yeah. seems to be electric there now. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty cool too. Twins program is doing really well. They have invested yet. Yeah, kind of funny story. Do you guys remember mm -hmm. Gareth Taylor, big number nine? Yeah, striker. Uh, well, yeah, Welsh guy. Uh, might have played for Wrexham for a little bit. Um, he was kind of cool. He was the under-18 head coach. We kept in touch a little bit, uh, which is a p pretty big role um, over over in the UK. So you've kind of got under-18 head coach. There's the reserve team, and then you've got your first team. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a big responsibility. And he actually was promoted from the under-18 role to be the women's head coach of, of Manchester City, and he's, he's doing really well there. Uh, but that's kind of cool. Who would have thought, I don't know, five, ten years ago that you'd leave an under-18 role uh, to take over the women. So um, awesome. One thing I, th I noticed with the women's program, just in general, uh, around the world, as the leagues are getting better, the Champions League uh, record attendances for the women's program is that it used to be something we talked about every four years uh, at the Olympic Games or the World Cup, perhaps, uh, you know, but it wasn't league football wasn't something that was really uh, galvanizing the you know the imagination of people until now and it's just growing so incredibly quickly now everybody you know you look at real madrid barcelona their team now real madrid's they're pissed off because it actually matters now so they're well because they don't want to see barcelona killing it in the women's program it's great that's it, amazing i i'd say uh i guess my biggest takeaway would be there's consistency now um, that you're not just picking a highlight out of here and there and that there's a real platform for for uh, young girls to, to, to strive for and, and and there's real opportunity and uh, I th as you sort of said, alluded to Craig I think it it only continues to grow uh, I love what happened uh, with US soccer and the equal pay with the women and men mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think, too, now the, the quality of, of football we're seeing as well speaks for itself. It's, it's, it's good to watch. It's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, a little bit of a, an issue, certainly a barrier in Canada, where, we, where the clubs in Europe are now going to uh, be the ones that develop the, the, their women. Um, so the financial barrier perhaps might not be there in Europe, as it might be in North America. We see that in the United States, the Americans' women's team, I think there's been just over a dozen uh, women of color have actually played for them, pri primarily white. They have access to the best academies, coaches, uh, universities, and we have paid to play here. And some of the youth in Ontario, boys and girls, uh, have to pay money that is 
pretty tight for families to be able to pay and to afford. And I just fear that we we're going to miss out on these Alfonso Davies in the future, women and men that uh, that just can't afford it because Alfonso's family couldn't either. It was more of a community story than it was a football story. Yeah, I think that um, it, it, maybe it's just speaking for Canada that. Um, you know, one of the things that's so amazing about our country is um, opportunity and um, whatever it might be that um, there's a way for you to kind of chase your dream. And, and we've, we've got a great way of helping one another out here. Um, so, uh, you know, in the sporting world, our athletes do have an opportunity and um, we're 100 um, percent not quite there yet. And, and from what I can gather, Nick Vontis is working hard to make sure there is a pathway for, for young girls and, uh, and, and rightly so, um, so that our women aren't having to maybe roll the dice a little bit like we did and, and go and chase your dreams in Europe, that there's um, a, a real system for them to develop and go to school here. And there'll be still one or two that do go over to Europe and, and that's the best fit for them. But um, I think we're making huge inroads and, and I'm excited to to see how um, the women's game plays out over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. We all are too. I know uh, we're up against it for time, Terry, and it's uh, it's never long enough, buddy. We'd love to get you on again and get you out for a few pints, but just end on this and Wonger, feel free to jump in. Uh, Terry, these guys give me such a hard time for my this golf game. I'm well aware that my golf game is not there okay you guys professional footballers men with money and afternoons like you've worked on it for years but terry you've played with a lot of people just tell them i'm not the worst golfer you've ever played with uh no you're amazing to play with you're a great car buddy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's not the issue yeah yeah is that uh, because i had oasis playing through the cart speakers even though it pissed everyone else off in the foursome no we were we had like the best day ever um (laughs) And, and by the end of it, you just forget about the golf because you're just such a good guy. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> you don't have to do that, Terry. You really don't have to do that. No. Oh, and, I mean it. That was a top day. Well, you didn't have to do this, The last buddy. time I actually saw Terry was at a game and uh, we were shooting tequila shots back. So <laughs> that, that was the last time I saw you. And then you just disappeared into the night. <laughs> yeah the raptors run was uh pretty special good time stacks um yeah i love uh hanging with the raptors and alex mckechnie who's deep down a football guy um uh, but lots of uh great learnings there and it's it's fun supporting the raptors nice. well fun chat with you buddy appreciate you taking the time in the middle of the uh of the work day at the office to chat with us but we'll definitely do this again buddy thank you my pleasure thanks guys great to see you all Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Terry. Terry Dunfield, legend in his own right, just like you guys. Uh, well, any more tidbits, boys? Do you want to get in before uh, you guys go out drinking at the pub tomorrow? I'm, I'm going to miss you. I know you won't miss me, but I will miss you. When are you back? When are you back I in the city? forward to the program. Uh, the weekend. I did uh, okay. tell Jimmy that I would join Jimmy for the Toronto Trickies meetup um, yep. Saturday morning, right? Ooh. And then the Champions League final is later that day, so we can have Sold a whole out. Saturday, maybe a whole yep. Saturday Liberty bender Commons. together, boys. Liberty College oh, Saturday, this Sunday morning. Yeah, not the, the, I know the champions, but you guys are getting together at, the, in Liberty Commons in Toronto. The promotion Sunday playoff morning. final is is the appetizer. Oh, it's uh, Sunday. Yeah, it's oh, Sunday. Sunday. Oh, I'm Sunday sorry, morning. I got it wrong then. 
11 30. I thought they stacked it before the Champions League final as they had in previous years. I thought it was Saturday. Okay. So yeah. I need two days then. So maybe I will stay an extra night. Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. Can watch Liverpool Saturday and then watch Forest on Sunday. There you go. Okay. It's nice. worth more money. Nice than little the dessert Liverpool after game. the Champions League. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it is worth more money. It well, is. I know it, all it our listeners will be cheering on Forest. Yeah. Cheering on Forest for you, Jimmy, and for Richie Larea. So it's good to chat with uh, Terry and to see you guys and have fun at Betty's uh, tomorrow, everybody. Cheers for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free warbyparker.com slash covered.